Hannah. Hi, I'm Rochelle, and welcome to Box Box F1 Pod. Today is all about tires. We'll be learning about tire mechanics, tire strategy, and pit stops through some of the wackiest F1 tire stories we could find. Sponsored by Pirelli. We wish. <laughs> but Pirelli makes the F1 world go round and round and round. <laughs> And uh, thanks to them, we have races to watch and a podcast to record. And so we think that Pirelli should sponsor us. <laughs> yes, so- I wouldn't mind if Pirelli sent me some tires for my car so I can test drive them. Agreed. But also Pirelli makes like other stuff like tire themed. I wouldn't be opposed to like a tire like drink coaster oh, or tire like blankets. Tire blankets. Oh my god, I want a tire blanket. Pirelli? I would wrap myself in a tire blanket like Lewis did, you know? S- yes, exactly. Yes. I think just like we wrap our listeners with a warm blanket of knowledge, Pirelli should wrap us yes. in a warm tire blanket. Meant for rubber, but it'll do well on our bodies. <laughs> yep, so thank you. Mull that over, Pirelli. <laughs> we'll yes, get back to, to us. Soon. <laughs> So, um, Pirelli is actually the sole tire supplier for F1, um, but how we got there, I think we, it's good to go through a short history on the F1 tires and sort of the business side of it, that. Um, so tires have actually become far more regulated than they used to be. Um, at one point they had multiple tire manufacturers, um, at the same time, uh, for a long time it was Bridgestone and Michelin. One of the incidents that sort of sparked the need for change was the 2005 U.S. Grand Prix, also known as IndyGate. Um, so that was a total disaster because half the cars were using Michelin, half the cars were using Bridgestone. Um, and after quality and race, Michelin warned um, the teams using their tires, which was 14 drivers, so seven teams. Um, They were warned that the tires were only safe for the first 10 laps, and Michelin thought that the best way to resolve the situation was to make the track a little slower and to build in a chicane the day before the race, and the FAA said no. So, And actually, the reason the Bridgestone tires were safer was because they had experience at um, IndyCar racing and stuff, so they knew how to make tires safe for this particular track. Um, so day of the race, um, all of the cars did the formation lap, and then 14 of the 20 competing cars pitted and did not participate in the race. And Michael Schumacher ended up placing third or moving up to third in the championship because no one with higher points than him was able to compete. And this created such bad press for F1 in America that um, they only came back one more time and then they never returned. Um <laughs> Now they're um, in Texas. Now they're in Texas, where it's much safer. Yep. <laughs> um, but this was one of the things that sort of led to F1 to reevaluate their tire um, situation. So in 2010, Pirelli became the sole tire manufacturer. Things still happened. Like in 2013 in Silverstone, five sets of tires exploded. But there was only one pair, one rubber to blame. It was all Pirelli's fault. But... <laughs> Beyond limiting the manufacturer, tire choices also become much more streamlined in order to even the playing field and avoiding random incidents. And there's only one person to sort of test like what went wrong and stuff like that. So uh, now Hannah's going to explain all those choices and the different tires we have. 
Yes. So the main two categories are wet tires and dry tires. So wet tires are used for rainy conditions. Um, so the full wets are when it's usually like actually raining and like the track is really wet. It just has like a higher level of tread on the tires and you can see the groove marks like very visibly. And then the second wet tire are called intermediate tires when usually like the rain has stopped and it's just like the track is slightly damp so you don't need as much tread. And then there's the dry tires which are also called slicks because there's no grooves on those. They're completely smooth and because they don't have those grooves it maximizes the amount of rubber contacting the track which improves grip and speed. So um, pit stops are a big part of tire strategy and tire maintenance um, because tires need to be changed usually throughout a race. They can't last an entire race. So they usually average around 2.4 seconds if there's nothing else to change or to alter. Red Bull is the best at pit stops and they actually hold the current world record for a 1.82 second pit stop for Max Verstappen um, at the Brazilian Grand Prix in 2019, which is an insane pit stop under two seconds is like unreal it's clinical (laughs) (laughs) it is have you seen that they have like competitions around the world where they have like the red bull pit stop competition they've like in random malls and you can like participate yeah haven't they come to our mall i don't know (laughs) um but i saw that on on reddit and i was like what this is so weird are they, are they like hiring? Is this the point? Or I don't know. Um, but there's actually new pit stop rules that have emerged quite recently. Um, so the original amendment to the rule was that the FIA wanted to enforce a 0.2 second minimum time frame between releasing the wheel gun and lowering the jack. This pissed everyone off. <laughs> Um, and it was announced in Austria and meant to take effect in the, during the Hungarian Grand Prix, but because everyone was so angry, particularly Red Bull, um, they postponed it to tweak the rules, and it's meant to take place at the Belgian Grand Prix after the summer break, which is next week. And so the new rule that the FIA is enforcing is that they have to use an intelligent wheel gun which gives engineers more of an impact on the speed of a pit stop uh, rather than sitting and like checking a timer. So an intelligent wheel gun, it has software. It's like a smartphone, but a wheel gun. And it's intelligent rather than smart because they're posh, I guess. But it has (laughs) software embedded into the gun that completes a series of automatic checks to make sure that the wheel is secure before the gun can be released. Big shock here, but apparently this rule change was largely the work of Mercedes, who are claiming that the Red Bull pit stops are posing a danger by being way too fast. They would complain about that. that How would it be dangerous? You can't go through the proper safety checks in under two seconds like the wheel couldn't be might not be attached properly i feel like they could really only make that case if some safety incident has happened but i feel like the number of fast pit stops red bull has done successfully like i get if it's dangerous for other teams like haas well (laughs) to attempt that but they're red bull's professional oh and haas is a um yeah i mean i agree there's i don't really know what triggered it because 
I in recent memory because they, they they filed this this year during this season and to my memory that nothing happened to trigger that response other than Mercedes own failed pit stops right. but yeah it's like but what's the problem really <laughs> like is there a real problem like I get there's a theoretical problem right but I'm like that's I just don't it like work unnecessary so. regulation Michael Massey clearly agreed Toto made a solid point, I guess. I don't know, because they made a change. Um, yeah. Don't know how it's going to go. I guess we'll see soon. But It's above my pay grade. <laughs> Apparently, Mercedes and Ferrari use the smart wheel guns currently. And we've seen how smart Mercedes yeah. wheel guns are, so... So, Red Bull is not using intelligent wheel guns, then? I guess they're intelligent without the guns. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Now we're going to talk about pit crews. Yay! <laughs> okay, so each pit crew consists of 20 members, so I'm going to go through every one of them. <laughs> Starting up top, there's one pit crew chief who's basically the supervisor who makes $1 million a year. Obviously, it's an important job, but I'm like, holy shit, $1 million? $1 million? <laughs> Managers always do that. Like, he's overseeing 19... He, he's in charge of 19 people. I don't think all managers who manage 19 people make a million dollars. If they're an F1, they do. <laughs> yeah. And then there's four tire changers. Because there's four of them... Well, obviously, for each wheel, um, they're the ones who, like, are kneeling down and have to change out the tires. And each one of them make $350,000 a year, which is great. And then if, I guess, their team wins the race, they uh, also get a bonus of $2,500. Seems kind of low for the sellers they're all making. $350,000 for changing tires? No, I meant the bonus. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like the bonus is just, like, a little cherry on top. Because their salary is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Above average. It's an engineering salary. Engineers make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. That's important to point out. To work on a pit crew, you need to have some technical expertise. As well as arm strength. <laughs> arm strength and a degree. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, tried to lift a wheel in Monaco. And struggled, and he is an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. So you have to have the right mix of engineering knowledge and, like, arm day at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be the Hulk as both the doctor and the monster. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> okay, other people who carry tires are the tire carriers. There's eight of them because each tire changer has, like, two tire carriers by them one of them g takes the old tire off their hands and then the other one gives them a new one to put on so that's all the tire people and i love how the tire changers don't actually carry their own tires they what have you mean? people for that like they don't carry oh, yeah. their tires they're busy like running over and then just waiting for a tire to be handed to them i mean this has to be two seconds so you literally need this handoff to be as smooth as possible yeah. like if someone's not paying attention or fumbling around um that pit stop is like actually gonna lose the race i wonder if he can pee like do well, they have pee breaks i mean the pit stops aren't 
it's only like twice usually during a race. So otherwise they're just watching the race. Right, right. But sometimes they're like at random. Like you have to be ready to go. Oh, yeah. There was like, it was like the German Grand Prix that Mercedes did like two years ago. And Lewis accidentally ran into the wall. And so he had to do an emergency pit stop to change his like front wing out. Like, the wall he crashed into was, like, next to, like, the pit lane. And so he went in immediately. And his whole pit crew was scrambling around. I'm sure someone was in the bathroom. Because (laughs) it was, like, a minute. Oh, no. Because they didn't even, like, get into position. And he was just waiting there. Yeah, I remember that. They go to the bathroom, but they shouldn't. (laughs) You gotta be on call. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So those are the tire people. And then there's two stabilizers who are on each side in the middle of the car i guess they just put their hands on there to make sure (laughs) it's stable (laughs) and then there's two front wing men if necessary to adjust or change the front wing of the car which usually there's like it's not all the time but i feel like that's one of the most frequent things that are damaged and need to get replaced yeah And then there's two front and rear jack men who use jacks to lift the car to change out the tires and things like that. And the most dangerous job in the pit crew is the front jack man because the man has to stand directly in front of the car as it enters the pit box. And sometimes the drivers overshoot. (laughs) I.E. Lance Stroll. That's the, I think we talked about it. Several times now, but Lance Stroll overshot a bit, and it looked like he gently tapped his front Jackman, but the Jackman did like four somersaults backwards. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much it. And then there's one fire extinguisher man to put out any fires during a pit stop, and this became a permanent pit crew position after Yos Verstappen. Max's dad had a pit stop fire in 1994 and it was super dangerous and I think it was like a refueling situation but even though F1 banned refueling in 2010 fires can still occur from excessive heating so they just still have a fire extinguisher man on the crew yeah it's important Mm -hmm. you never know what'll happen yeah you don't want people to burn (laughs) Yes, as many have. (laughs) Yes. Um, So another very important thing, well, the most important thing is tire strategy when it comes to this. So tire strategy is about maximizing speed while minimizing number of pit stops. There's a lot of uh, pre-race strategy, mid-race strategy, post-race. Like, you're always thinking about the tires. So when you're setting things up, pre-race um there are certain things you know already softer tires are better for speed but they have less durability um so whether you start on them or you change them later depends on what your strategy is if you start on them you'll get a much quicker start but then you'll have to pit quicker because your tires will degrade um there are five types of compounds in dry tires ultra soft super soft soft medium and hard For each race weekend, a driver selects 13 sets of tires from three dry compounds available. The team must make their compound choices to the FIA eight weeks in advance of each European race and 14 weeks before the start of each non-European race. 
Another major thing when it comes to tires is that cold tires lack grip. So you want your tires to be warm and ready to go. That's what tire blankets are for. Shout out Pirelli. The tire blankets are put on tires before the start of the race to keep them warm. Um, it's also Yuki Tsunoda's favorite thing about driving in Formula One. The other way that you'll sometimes see that um, during a safety dance, which is what we call when the safety car is out and the cars are in a line behind them doing like a zigzag situation. Um, the zigzag situation is what keeps the tires warm. So like accelerating and braking um, and cornering stresses the tires, which gets them warmer and makes them better to drive on. You want to start on warm tires. Otherwise, it'll be hard to go. So one of the most important F1 rules regarding tires is that you have to use two different sets of tires during a race, unless wet tires are used. If you make it to Quali 3, Q3, the tire that you set your fastest lap on in Q2 is the tire you start the race with. But if there is rain at the start of the race, then wet tires will be used, you know, so you don't have to use what you started Q2 with. But if there was rain during Q2, then all the drivers are free to select any tire to begin the race on with on Sunday. And everyone that's not in the top 10 um, can start on any tire they want. Okay, so another rule is that you... Um, can't have different tires on at the same time when you're racing. Um, it has to be all from the same set. So there were some major examples of this. Um, George Russell in Secure in 2020 when he filled in for Lewis um, in the Mercedes car. Um, they, he had a, a, like a tragic pit stop. Um, and then they called him back because they accidentally put half of Bottas's tires and half of George's tires on one car, which is illegal. Like, they were different types of tires? No, they were just from different sets. Oh, yeah. And it has to be all from the same set. And there was a conspiracy theory floating around that Mercedes did this intentionally because they didn't want it to look like a rookie Williams driver could win so easily in Lewis Hamilton's car because he was way ahead, and then that pit stop really screwed him over. Another horrific <laughs> Mercedes pit stop was... Valtteri Bottas in Monaco this year, in 2021. He had the longest F1 pit stop ever. It took 43 hours to remove Bottas' tires in Monaco because the wheel nut got stuck and basically bolted his tire into his car, and so they shipped it back to the factory. But a question came up, because people were like, why couldn't they send Valtteri out just with, like, his bolted-on tire, and then three new tires. But again, it's because you have to use two different sets of tires in each race, so you couldn't just, like, leave that one on and then have the other three from a whole different set. Yeah. The worst part of this, and I still get, like, very furious <laughs> thinking about it, um, is Valtteri got blamed for this incident. Kind of, like, like, gently blamed, but blamed nonetheless. Yeah. Because... According to Toto, the angle of the car matters. So when you pull in, there's like obviously the box is drawn on and you have to stop in the very exact position because the uh, mechanics line up exactly where you're supposed to be. So the wheel gun goes in in the perfect alignment. 
for it to work. But because apparently Valtteri stopped a little too early, that man that the man that the mechanic applied the impact wrench at the wrong angle. Yeah, and so because it was like at an off angle, it damaged the wheel nut and like put it into the tire. But mechanics have to have the ability to adjust. Like even though the drivers do have to be precise too, it's like of course it's reasonable if they're like a centimeter off. So I'm like, it's not Valtteri's fault. And it's also a lot easier to move your ass two set two feet oh two like two centimeters over then moving a car two centimeters over and my whole thing is three other tire changers were able to adjust <laughs> so there's just this one guy who's like getting off scot-free yeah i, I think it, it, i think that was one of the things that launched all those memes that anytime something goes wrong for like lewis they go valtteri's valtteri's responsible Yes. Oh, poor, poor, poor Botas. All right. So then there's strategy during the race because, to be honest, a lot of things fly out the window. You could look at numbers all day long. You can check the weather. You can refresh. But come the race, come you actually on the track and things go awry all the time. One of the big things in Formula One is the weather. Heat rapidly degrades tires so the asphalt is at a higher temperature than even the air and so the contact will degrade the tires so there's often more pit stops the hotter it is and then also rain is the great equalizer of f1 people dream of rain they love the rain even though it always breeds catastrophe so i don't really know why i think the only person who really well the spectators like the rain i think this is a catastrophe but all the drivers they don't really like it except lewis (laughs) yeah lewis loves some rain lewis is good in the rain yeah now i'm gonna hear the adele song every time when the rain is pouring in my face and the whole world's on my case (laughs) 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 um but some tragedies that have occurred with rain falling was Spa 1998. That's a huge one. Um, it was pouring rain, and apparently it's always pouring rain in Belgium during this race. Um, but they decided to start without the safety car. Um, I guess they thought it was going to dry up. Anyway, tires were chosen bizarrely, and someone in the first lap, David Cotehard, um, crashed, and there was a 13-car pileup. Wow. It was bonkers. Sounds um, like the movie Cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opening course. scene. It was 13 cars piled up and everyone's organs were falling out. <laughs> Tommy were lolling to the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a more recent example was just a few weeks ago in Hungary. It was raining. Then it was there was an accident in the first um, in the first lap, so the the race stopped. And in that time, it went from being rainy to damp. Um, and once everyone start went back on the grid, they did a formation lap. Every single driver that was left, sorry, four like six cars were out, but every driver that was left was like these tires are no a no go. So they all pitted and started from the pit lane. Bar one. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton was the only man to start on the grid. Um, it looked 
bizarre. It's one of the craziest images I think that will ever exist in Formula One. Just one car at the start of the race. Um, and then he also ended up pitting and changing his tires because obviously it wasn't wet anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. And then um, the driving styles of each driver also affects the tire degradation rate. So Checo on Red Bull is known as the tire king because he's able to stay on the same set of tires for like an insane amount of time. And that's partly because his driving style is to brake earlier and turn wider on corners. And that feeds into like a larger concept of tire management, which is really where drivers contribute a lot because there's like an average of pit st- uh, two pit stops a race, depending on the race. It, ta- it eats up time. And obviously you can use uh, pitting to your advantage. There are different strategies where you can go ahead or whatever based on how you pit. But still managing your tires and making them last is an important skill. Obviously people, some people like Checo are very good at that. Lewis is also very good at it. He's had a lot of disastrous situations with tires when he was still at McLaren and then I think early days Mercedes. So he's become like anal yes. about his tire management. I think he has tire PTSD because yes. every other race is like, Bono, my tires are shot. <laughs> but they're fine. They're fine. Yeah, I think he genuinely like has like some some issue with tires, like mental issue with tires. Yes. Um, but yeah, tire management is very important but also that's where you hear a lot of contribution from drivers because they like i think even recently in the, at the hungarian grand prix ferrari tried to get carlos to pit um mm-hmm. and he was like no they're fine like i don't need to pit i can manage them and he could so um there's only so much you can get from a computer yeah it's definitely about the feels yeah <laughs> tire <laughs> management all about the feels exactly um i think that's it yeah well we hope you learned a lot (laughs) (laughs) if there's anything you want us to cover other than tires let us know email us dm us um also make sure you're following us on all social platforms we love hearing from you guys we're at boxboxf one pod at boxboxf one pod for Instagram, for Twitter, for TikTok. TikTok. Um, we're everywhere at the same name. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. So, boxbox, boxbox. Box.